thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And this week in wellness, a new study looking at almost 10,000 Australians has suggested that so-called protein hunger, driven by increased consumption of overly processed and refined foods, may play a key role in overeating and obesity. The study, published in the journal Obesity, was undertaken by the Australian Bureau of Statistics and supports the protein leverage hypothesis put forward in 2005 that argues that people overeat fats and carbohydrates because of the body's strong desire for protein. It looked at data from the National Nutrition and Physical Activity Survey conducted from May 2011 to June 2012 and showed that those who consume less protein in their first meal of the day ate more in subsequent meals, whilst those who received the recommended amount of protein ate less throughout the day. Those who ate less protein at breakfast consumed more saturated fats, sugars, salt and alcohol throughout the day and less grains, vegetables, fruit, dairy and meats. As people consume more junk foods or highly processed and refined foods, they dilute their dietary protein and increase their risk of being overweight and obese, which we know increases the risk of chronic disease, said lead author Amanda Gretsch. It's increasingly clear that our bodies eat to satisfy a protein target, added co-author Professor David Robenheimer. But the problem is that the food in Western diets has increasingly less protein, so you have to consume more of it to reach your protein target which effectively elevates your daily energy intake. Going on to say that humans, like many other species, have a stronger appetite for protein than for the main energy-providing nutrients of fat and carbohydrate. That means that if the protein in our diet is diluted with fats and carbohydrates, we'll eat more energy to get the protein that our bodies crave. The results support a central role for protein in the obesity epidemic, with significant implications for global health, he said. As always, the links are in the show notes. And my opinion on this is that this is a fascinating study to come out at a time when some of the healthiest, most nutrient-dense, most readily available sources of protein are being demonized due to environmental concerns. I think we're seeing a real campaign at the moment, a real push away from the consumption of animal products and meats towards the consumption of fruits and vegetables and and plant-based proteins and plant-based foods. And I think we're missing the picture a little bit. I think if we look more closely into this, what we see is that it may not be the fact that we're farming, but the way that we're farming that's having the biggest impact on the environment. You know, if you look at the regenerative farming movement and some of the research that's out there suggesting that that actually may be a way to put more carbon back into the soil, then we start to think that maybe we don't have the complete picture. And by maybe by careering down this road, whether that is based on the science or whether as some people are suggesting that might be due to the fact that these highly processed meat replacements and substitutes um, are really being pushed by industry as well. But if we if we just plow down that road looking for that environmental change without having consideration to A, whether that's the only way to get that environmental change um, and B, what impact that's having on human health, then that may well turn out to be quite a concern. That, that may well be, you know, as this study is showing, linking into the obesity epidemic, linking into overeating and potentially causing more problems than it solves. And what it does show is that it's not just what you eat, it's how it affects your future choices. You know, so sometimes we can be a bit reductionist in our thinking where we look at, you know, maybe what people are having for breakfast and we look at the contents of that particular meal 
without necessarily equating for the satiety factor. You know, what does that lead us to do for the rest of the day? And it may be that having more proteins, possibly even more fats in your breakfast, might actually increase your satiety and that might improve what you eat later on during the day. And certainly this study is pointing towards that being the case for protein. And so then it's not just as simple as, you know, energy in, energy out. It's not as simple as calorie or nutrient counting because you can't just count the calories in that particular meal. You need to have a look at the effect that that meal is having on the calories and the nutrients that you might be consuming in the future. I think what it also shows is that we shouldn't demonize macros. You know, we've seen movements over the last couple of decades where people have gone for high carb diets, they've gone to low carb diets, you know, high fat diets, low carb, low fat diets, high protein diets, low protein diets, you know. So I think what we need to understand is that the natural state for a human being is to have a balance between fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. I think some people do well on some of these diets in the short term, and we certainly we've seen that from some people in the vegan movement who you know often have done well in the first 12 to 18 months, but many people have struggled beyond that. My suspicion is we may see something similar in the carnivore movement where people might get great results for the first 12 to 18 months, but may see other detrimental effects later on and we may see people dropping out of that movement later on too because you know at the end of the day these diets you know and we seem to see the same sometimes with the low fat diet you know that these diets can be used as a way to help people heal as a way to deal with a particular crisis or a particular challenge but i think when we come back to our longer term eating patterns then having a closer look at you know some healthier balance between the three you know something like the the zone diet which has kind of gone right out of favor now but that that certainly looked at having a, a what i would consider a healthier balance between fats proteins and carbohydrates you know it's not the incredibly high carbohydrate diet that we see in the standard australian diet or the standard american diet but it's not going purely carnivore or purely low you know ultra low carb either high fat low carb it's a healthier i think balance between the lot because at the end of the day there are benefits to all of them we do see benefits in terms of the satiety and the the precursors you get for your hormones from the fats you know we're seeing the benefits here of the satiety that you can get from the proteins with a low caloric intake and potentially an effect on what you eat for the rest of the day. We know that healthy carbohydrates um, in terms of fruits and vegetables can be really great sources of yeah, not only energy because most of us get yeah, as much if not more energy than we need during the day already, uh, but also sources of micronutrients um, and antioxidants and all those other things that can be really beneficial to your health as well. So, you know, I think there's benefits to fats, there's benefits to proteins, there's benefits to carbohydrates. If they are healthy, whole food, as minimally processed as possible, um, I think they can have benefits for your health and that there is a way that you can incorporate all of them, providing you, you know, having some, you know, adequate movement and healthy, you know, minimizing your stress and getting good sleep and all of those sort of things. I think you can incorporate all of those and create a healthy diet. So, Choose your breakfast wisely. You know, choose to break your fast wisely. Some of you may not eat breakfast at breakfast time. You may have it later in the day. But as this study is talking about, it's talking about the first meal of the day whenever you have it. Choose it wisely because it's going to have a big impact on what you eat and how easy it is to stay on track for the rest of the day. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook and Instagram at This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, 
head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.